0: Welcome to the SportsCapping.com podcast with free handicapping advice, odds, insights, picks, and predictions to help you beat the sports book. And now, your hosts, Jack Jones and Brandon Lee.
1: It's your host, Jack Jones, with the SportsCabbing.com Free Pick Podcast. We're on to Week 7 NFL and Week 8 College Football. This is the final week before basketball season is officially here, with the NBA regular season tipping off on Tuesday, October 24th. Things are about to get real busy for Brandon, Lee, and I, but we'll be here every week to give you guys six free picks on the gridiron. We went 3-3 and last week, and now uh, 19-19 and on the season, basically treading water, but... We always seem to get better as the season goes on once we get more important data points, situational spots and numbers to play with. uh, so hang in there, keep firing on these free picks. We're three hundred and eighty one in three oh three the last eight seasons. Bet a thousand bucks per game. you'd be up forty seven thousand seven hundred uh Brandon's nine and eight on the season. I'm eight and nine. uh welcome back for another week of free picks, Brandon.
0: hey, I'm happy to be back and uh It's time to get this thing going.
1: It is. It is time. I think this is about the week we turn the corner. All right. Recap your three picks from uh, last week for the listeners, too, please.
0: All right. I went one and two last week. I had a loser with Miami plus four on the road against North Carolina. This one looked good early. Canes had a 17-14 lead going into the half. They kicked a last-second field goal, so they had that momentum, or at least you thought they did. But it turns out they didn't. It spiraled out of control, pretty bad in the third quarter turnovers bad defense it was just a mess Tar Heels went on a 24-0 run in the first 20 minutes of the second half miami tried to rally and nearly got the back door but ended up losing 31 41 i mean the fact that they even had a shot to cover with a minus four turnover margin i think says a lot about uh, the talent on this team and you know if you run this game back over and over, I think more times than not, Miami will keep it within that number. They just didn't on uh, that game for us. But I did gotta cash my NFL play on the Jets as a seven-point road dog against the Eagles. New York didn't just keep it close; uh, they won the game outright, 20 to 14. A little bit roll reversal for my first play. Jets didn't look great early; they were down 14 to three. Less than three minutes to play in the second quarter. They got two late field goals to pull within 14-9 at the half. And then they outscored Philly 11-0 in the second half. Jets' defense was outstanding uh, in those final two quarters. I think Philly went from having like 200-plus yards in the first half to like 130 in the second half. So that was a nice one to get. Uh, I did have a tough loss on my three-team 10-point teaser. We cashed with the Vikings plus 7.5 and, and the Chiefs minus a half. Uh, but lost with the Falcons plus seven and a half, uh, and a crushing half point losses. They lost by eight to the Commanders at home. I- I'm still trying to wrap my head around how Atlanta lost that game, let, alo- let alone lose by more than seven points. Falcons had a 402 to 193 edge in total yards i mean a lot has to go right for a team to gain a fewer than 200 yards and give up more than 400 and win the game by more than a touchdown i also had atlanta minus two on the spread uh, so uh, this one was painful
1: yeah plus uh, atlanta went for two when they were down eight to try to get it to six i mean trying to play the, the math play so that cost you the teaser too instead of just kicking the extra point um that was a tough one i was with you on the jets that was nice to cash that in um i went uh two and one last week one on notre dame minus two and a half and a 48 20 win over usc this one was as easy as it gets caleb williams threw three interceptions as usc turned it over five times in all and the fighting Irish had two non-offensive touchdowns in the win williams finally faced a legit defense didn't handle the weather very well as expected notre dame didn't have to do much on offense because of turnovers and uh, actually only had a 251 total yards, so admittedly, it was a, a misleading final here. Um, speaking of misleading finals, I had the Colts plus four in a 37-20 loss at Jacksonville. The Jaguars managed 37 points despite being held to 233 total yards, 3.8 yards per play. After not turning the ball over once at all this season coming into the game, Gardner Minshew turned it over four times with three interceptions and a fumble. That resu- resulted in a Jacksonville score the very next play. The Colts outgained the Jaguars by 120 yards and .9 yards per play. Um, but this one really f- never felt like it had a chance. Uh, Jaguars jumped out to 21-3 to lead in the first half. Colts had to abandon their running game early, which I felt was going to be a key to their success, but they couldn't even try to run the ball after fall, fall behind so quickly. Uh, my six-point teaser needed the extra points to win both legs. I love when that happens. I had the Chargers... For- at plus eight and a half up from plus two and a half they lost by three to the cowboys i had the bears from at plus eight and a half up from plus two and a half at home against the vikings they lost by six uh brandon how are your premium picks doing man
0: yeah um i had a tough week in college again last time but i did uh, show a nice little profit in the nfl despite that falcons loss sitting at the as the number five nfl capper for the 2023 season Working on a 62% run over my last 45 NFL plays and hitting a solid 58% over my last 113 in the pros. Despite the recent rough stretch in college, I'm still hitting a strong 55% over my last 200-plus college football plays. Uh, taking a little more time this week uh, to solidify my card for the weekend. Uh, I'll probably have the my packages and all my plays up here in the next couple days. Uh, still, if you're uh, looking to get in on the action, best bet's going to be that three day pass for ninety nine
1: ninety five. Yeah, man, I went one game below five hundred in both college football and NFL last week. Not happy with my results in college football. It's been one of my worst seasons of my career up to this point. Still number three-ranked college football capper all-time at sportscapping.com, so confident I can get it turned around sooner than later. 409-327 uh, and 327 NFL run long-term. Includes 25-16 and 16 NFL start this season. Number six-ranked NFL capper this season. Uh, NBA is my bread and butter. It's led to the most profits for myself and premium clients, clients over the long, ter- long term, so I'm excited uh, the season starts next week. Number one-ranked NBA capper all-time at sportscapping.com. Sportscapping.com, $1,000 per game bettors up over $200,000 since 2009. Uh, you can get my NBA season pass for $600 or my basketball season packs combo for $800. Saves you $300 off of buying both my NBA and college basketball passes separately for $1,100. Uh, you'll, you'll get all, all my picks through the NBA Finals in June. Crazy basketballs already about here, but uh, I'm going to be ready for it. All right, Brandon, let's get on to uh, the six free picks we have for the listeners this week. Uh, what's your uh, college football free pick for Saturday?
0: Yeah, I will gladly lay the four points with Ohio state at home against Penn state without question. This has to be the biggest game on the board. Both teams come in undefeated at six and zero. Buckeyes rank. Number three, Nittany lions, number seven, and just being in the same division as Michigan, it just adds so much pressure to each game because there's just not much room for air for either or any of these teams in the big 10 East. Um, you know, and this is, you know, when you talk about that and you look at, like, Washington and then you've got Oklahoma in the Big 12, I don't know that a conference is going to get two teams. So, you know, a loss here really puts the team behind the eight ball. So I think we're going to get the very best out of both teams. And I, I trust Ryan Day and the Buckeyes to be, to, you know, to deliver in this spot. You know, yeah, they had to go and went on the road uh, against Notre Dame and they didn't Look great. I mean, they won 17-14 and needed a lot of things to go right at the end of that game to get the win. But that's still a big-time win away from home, and I think people aren't giving them enough respect for it. Uh, The offense did not play well in that game. Um, And I think the perception here is that the offense will have a hard time moving the ball against a Penn State defense that is putting up ungodly numbers. Uh, Nittany Lions are allowing 8 points per game, 195 yards per game, and 3.4 yards per play. I'm not saying they're not a good defense, but you can't spout off those numbers without mentioning who they have played. Their six wins are against West Virginia, Delaware, Illinois, Iowa, Northwestern, and UMass. All of those teams rank out of the top 75 in total offense. Iowa and Northwestern both sit in the bottom 10 in all FBS schools. Last year, the Nittany Lions only gave up 18.2 points per game and 323 yards per game. They still gave up 44 points and 452 yards in a double-digit loss at home to Ohio State. I'm not worried about the Buckeyes' offense moving the ball. And it's worth pointing out that, you know, Ohio State's expected to get back two of their bigger weapons on offense and wide out Emeka Agbuka and running back Travion Henderson. I think it's Penn State's offense that's in a world of trouble on Saturday. I think Ohio State's defense in year two under defensive coordinator Jim Knowles has made that jump from being an above-average defensive team to an elite defensive team. The Buckeyes have not allowed more than 17 points in a game this year, and they faced two really good offenses in Notre Dame and Maryland. I think the Buckeyes will be able to do enough in the run game to keep it, or to enough in the run game to keep Penn State behind the chains as far as defending the run and I think it's going to be a tough day at the office for sophomore quarterback Drew Aller I mean he's not cracked 210 passing yards in any of their last five games I like Ohio State to not only win and cover in this spot but I like them to win here rather easily give me the Buckeyes minus four
1: yeah, one of the most uh, mind-blowing stats in all of college football is that Penn State's a perfect 13-0 and against the spread in their last 13 games, dating back to last season. Yet I tried stepping in front of them last week, taking UMass plus 42.5, and what I felt was a look-ahead spot. Uh, With Ohio State on deck, UMass is bad enough, it didn't matter as Penn State rolled to a 63-0 victory, including a pair of punt return touchdowns. I watched uh, way more of that game than I'd like to admit, but this looks like uh, Penn State's toughest test since uh, a 44-31 home loss to Ohio State last season. Luckily, I did not fade Ohio State last week. In their look-ahead spot, they rolled forty-one-seven over Purdue. Ohio State's actually been battle-tested with that win on the road at Notre Dame. Ohio State's played the tenth toughest schedule in the country, while Penn State has played the thirty-sixth toughest. Ohio State's outgaining opponents by three point three yards per play, while Penn State only two point one yards per play. Both elite numbers, but I mean, big discrepancy there, especially with the fact that Ohio State's played the most t- much tougher schedule. It's clear they're the better team. I think it's safe to give Ohio State three points for home field here. Given the mag- magnitude of this game, this line should be uh, higher than Ohio State minus four, but not quite Ohio State minus seven. I just don't see a lot of value in this one either way. It's one I'll be watching to try and learn a little bit more about both of these teams as we go down the stretch. Uh, lean Ohio State, though, and uh, rooting you home on this one.
0: Hey, I like to hear it, and uh, you know I'll step in, in front of that freight train. Let's go. Yeah. one baby.
1: <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I couldn't believe that man. You, you. I don't remember the last. I did not. Team. I
0: did notice that they were six and zero this year, but I did not know that it went back that far.
1: Yeah, seven games last into last year. So I mean, you're definitely paying a tax on on Penn State at this point. Yeah, and it covers right now. I mean, uh, we're showing sixty seven percent of the
0: bets on Penn State, so I like to see that.
1: Yeah, it's always good fading the popular underdog for sure. Uh, I'm going to go in the weeds a little bit. I'm going to go Eastern Michigan, Northern Illinois, under 45.5. This plays largely due to the weather, but also because both teams have very good defenses and both run slow-tempo offenses. Uh, There's expected to be 20-mile-per-hour crosswinds at Husky Stadium in DeKalb, Illinois on Saturday afternoon. Heavy winds affect scoring more than anything because it makes it much more difficult to pass than it does in rain and snow. Um, Eastern Michigan has one of the worst offenses in the country, Out of 133 teams, they rank 102nd in scoring at 19 points per game, 132nd in total offense at 253 yards per game, 130th at 4.3 yards per play. This despite facing the second easiest schedule in the entire country. Simply put, uh, Eastern Michigan has an atrocious offense. Uh, It's amazing they've uh, managed to win four games to this point. They've done so with good luck plus a pretty good defense that only – Allows 19.4 points per game. They'll be up against a Northern Illinois offense that averaged 24.9 points per game. Far from a juggernaut. They average 352 yards per game, 5.4 per play. Uh, Northern Illinois has a good defense, allowing 22.4 points per game, 321 yards per game, 5 yards per play. They rank 23rd in total defense, 27th in yards per play. I don't expect them to allow much to Eastern Michigan at all in this one. They held uh, Akron to 14 points and then Ohio to 13 points in the last two games coming in. I'd be surprised if Eastern Michigan tops 14 points in this one. Um, As I stated at the beginning, both offenses are in no hurry here. Uh, Eastern Michigan ranks 109th in in the country, averaging 28.4 seconds between plays. Uh, Northern Illinois ranks 104th. Averaging twenty seven point nine seconds in between plays. Eastern Michigan's five and two under on the season. Five of Eastern Michigan's last six games have seen forty two or fewer combined points. Four of Northern, Northern Illinois' last six games have seen forty six or fewer combined points, including thirty six or fewer three times. The MAC is loaded with terrible offenses in general. There, there's been some bad weather already in this conference, which is normal for the Ohio Valley. Um, the winds have just been stronger than normal this season we'll take advantage here by backing this mac under um so i'm on the under here
0: yeah uh, i i give you props again for uh digging deep here and real, uh, you know, really making sure you get every game on the board <laughs> covered because i didn't really look into this one much and i probably wouldn't have had a you said you weren't going to give it out i had a feeling though when you threw this that the weather was probably going to play a factor And, you know, you definitely like that. And so I, you know, I tried to talk myself into it, kind of see what you were liking or what you were thinking here. I couldn't get there. I mean, the biggest, the one thing that scared me away is I don't think either of these two teams are really good at stopping the run, which if the wind is as it is, I think both teams are going to have to run the football. I mean, Eastern Michigan gives up 203 yards per game and five yards a carry against the run. Northern Illinois is better, but they still allow 155 yards per game and 4.2 yards per carry. Eastern Michigan—they're scoring 25.8 points per game in, in games they hit up the 100-yard mark. Northern Illinois, 30.4 points per game in games they hit the 100-yard mark. I—I I don't know. I mean, that's the only thing I got. I'm not saying don't bet this. I just—I—I I, the one thing you can think with or factor in with the wind is. When the defense doesn't know or doesn't respect the pass, that they can, they're typically going to play the run better, and hopefully that'll be the case here.
1: Yeah, be, I'll be honest with you. Eastern Michigan's run defense is my biggest concern here. With yeah. if Northern Illinois blows them out, like if Northern Illinois puts up a big number, that's the only thing that could because Eastern Michigan isn't going to score. I'm I'm confident in that. Their offense is so bad, man. But yeah, uh, the, yeah. but the yeah, the
0: biggest thing is. You just can't have the big plays here, because if both teams are running the football and getting five yards of carry, and with the clock now not stopping on the first downs, I mean it's a, it's going to play into a low possession game, which should work in your favor
1: for sure. I, mean, I was close to taking Northern Illinois because Eastern Michigan's is so bad, but it's like Eastern Michigan's just been a juggernaut in this underdog role. I'm just not about to fade them, but I, I I like the under in this one quite a bit. Um, Let's go to the NFL, and what do you got this week?
0: I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers as a one-point road favorite against the Denver Broncos. No team has been more overvalued to start the 2023 season than the Broncos. Everyone thought Sean Payton was going to come in, snap his fingers, and this is going to be a playoff contender. I mean, there were people picking this team to win the division, which is absurd, but... We we know what they are at this point. Denver's one and five straight up. They failed to cover the spread in all six of their games. And what's crazy is they've been favored in four games. And they were getting less than a touchdown on the road against the Dolphins. If they played that game now, they'd probably be close to a two touchdown dog. I don't know, but either way, the books have been off. They've been giving this team way too much respect, and. I think we're just going to have to keep taking advantage until the Broncos show us that they're a different team than what they are. But, you know, the defense held the Chiefs to 19 points, and a lot of people want to bring that up as, you know, the defense played better, you know, they 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 all that this and that. But, you know, everyone thought coming into that game Kansas City was going to light them up because they have Patrick Mahomes and Denver's defense gave up 70 to Miami. But Kansas City could have easily had 30 plus points if their offense didn't stall in the red zone i think they were one in five in trips inside the red zone and the chiefs while they look they've looked good at one game so far this year on offense they're still trying to figure things out in the passing game with their receivers i mean they just added McCole Hardman back and they also had frank clark back on defense so they're trying to get some old pieces in trying to revamp that offense and uh there's a lot of familiarity in division games and that was always going to be a max effort game for denver on the defensive side of the ball with how much they hate chiefs and the fact that they've lost i think now 12 in a row and there there's memes out there you got to look at the things that didn't exist the last but are the things that have been invented or started since the last time the broncos uh beat kansas city it's it's kind of hard to fathom but there's just not a lot of talent left on the Denver defense, and I fully expect uh, Jordan Love and the Packers' offense to move the ball at will in this game. And, and I'm not a big Love fan. Even after last week's so-called great performance against the Chiefs, uh, the Broncos' defense still comes into Week 7 dead last in scoring, giving up 33 point, 33.3 points per game, and dead last in total defense, 440.3 yards per game. I also feel that the Packers have a strong scheduling advantage in this game. While Denver does have a few extra days to prepare for this game after playing on Thursday night football, Green Bay is coming in off their bye week, so they've had a full two weeks to get ready. Uh, there's also a weird squ- scheduling quirk for the Broncos, as they got another showdown with Kansas City on deck next week. So you could make a pretty strong argument that this game against Green Bay is sandwiched in between denver's two biggest games of the entire season and so while this po- has potential for being a flat spot for the broncos you gotta think the packers are going to come out of their bye playing with the chip on their shoulder as they drop their last two games leading up to the bye. i i just i i don't i just again think the books have you know, overpriced denver here give me the packers minus one
1: yeah, I love the spot for Green Bay this week. They're coming off their bye following consecutive losses. They needed that bye to regroup and get healthy, come out of the bye as healthy they, as they've been all season. Jordan Love has been getting a lot of crit- criticism, most of it deserved. However, Love has had his two best player make, playmakers, Aaron Jones and Christian Watson, on the field at the same time for a grand total of 11 snaps all season. Jones returns from that hand, hamstring injury, should be 100% coming off the bye. He was close to playing uh, against the Raiders, but... Decided last second, which is probably smart to sit because they had the buy on deck and Watson's back to 100% now. The Packers are in line for their best offensive output of the season since scoring 38 on the Bears in the opener. The Bears and the Broncos have been neck and neck for the worst defenses in the NFL this season, but the Broncos take the cake. Uh, this Denver Denver offense has also fallen off a cliff in recent re- weeks. 311 total yards <coughs> against the Bears three weeks ago. 308 against uh, in three turnovers against the Jets. 197 and three turnovers against the Chiefs. Uh, I just think the train's kind of coming off the rails here in Denver for Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Um, Packers have been pretty good defensively, 338 yards per game, 5.1 per play. Been particularly good against the pass, 194 yards per game, 6 yards per attempt. That's good news going going up against this pass-happy Broncos uh, offense. Darnell Savage, safety Darnell Savage, linebacker Quay Walker, returned to practice, should be back this week. Though they're likely to be without Landry, or linebacker Devondre Campbell, um, he he is one of their best players on defense and he's important. So it it does matter that they don't have him. But uh, Walker does lead the team with uh, fifty one tackles, sixteen more than the next closest guy on the team. So having him back is big. Matt Lafleur eleven and two against the spread, following a road loss as the coach of the Packers. Denver five and fifteen against the spread last 20 games when the lines plus three to minus three i'm with you on the packers here i released the packers minus one as a free pick on the site and on twitter earlier today so uh did a lot of research on this one so i'm with you
0: yeah and i I mean i mentioned that uh, denver has given up 33.3 points per game on the season they're allowing 41 points per game to non-afc west teams so that's that tells you a little something. They they held the Raiders to 17 and the Chiefs to 19. They gave up 35 to Washington, 17, 70 to Miami, 28 to Chicago, and 31 to Jet to the Jets. They're giving up 41 points per game in in four games, and three of those teams are the Commanders, the Bears, and the Jets. I mean, think about it, people. I don't know. <laughs> Another thing there. It's A little extra here, the the, the over four and in non-division games, 0 and two in division games. So, you know, yeah. I want to sprinkle a little bit on that as well.
1: Yeah, so Green Bay
0: over their team total. Is, you know, let's get it crazy on this one.
1: Yeah, their offense is in line for a big game. Um, yeah, pretty much. I I like backing non-divisional overs in the NFL, just because teams aren't familiar with each other, and then especially you want, out of cron- out of conference. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, obviously, it's hard to take overs when it's divisional opponents they just seem to be played to much lower scoring games but uh i I think i mean obviously the wind had a lot to do with that game in in kansas city so without that saving them (laughs) uh could get real ugly. yeah the weather looks nice for this one too so yeah i think love's gonna have a little coming out party this week all right i'm gonna go with the seahawks minus seven and a half over the cardinals seahawks should be pissed off coming into this one. Don't think they'll be taking Arizona lightly as a result. They returned from their bye last week and blew their game against Cincinnati on the road. It was one of the more misleading finals of Week 6. They lost 17-13 to despite outgaining the Bengals by 170 yards. Had 384 total yards, 5.5 per play on offense. Held the Bengals to just 214 yards, 4 yards per play. Bengals had basically... Or sorry, the Seahawks bat had basically four first and goals that resulted in a total of three points. They had two turnovers on downs, another turnover on four drives that started with at least a first and ten inside the Cincinnati eleven yard line. Um, it was either first and ten or first first and goal on three of them. First and ten from the eleven on on another one. Just bad luck. Obviously bad play calling too. I expect their offense to right the ship this week against one of the worst defenses in the NFL and the Cardinals. The Cardinals have now allowed 26 or more points in four of their last five. In the lone game, they didn't allow 26 or more. The Cowboys went one for five in the red zone against them. Still had 416 total yards on Arizona. That was a misleading final too. Arizona allows 27 points per game, 377 yards per game, six yards per play on defense. Seattle's defense is one of the more underrated units in the league. They've gotten healthy in recent weeks, especially in the secondary, and are showing uh, what they're capable of. Joe Burrow lit up. Arizona's defense were 34 points, 317 passing yards, three touchdowns. The Seahawks held Burrow to 185 passing yards on 35 attempts, 5.3 per attempt last week. That came after holding the Giants to three points, 248 total yards in their previous game. Um, Arizona's offense has come back down here quite a bit in recent weeks. They've they've averaged just 15 points per game in the last three. After getting three field goals in the first first half against the Rams last week, they were shut out in the second half, lost 26-9. to nine. Rams rushed for nearly 200 yards in the second half alone on their defense. Um, it was Arizona's third straight loss by 14 points or more. The Cardinals are now 1-5 this season, playing like the team that most of us thought they were going to be coming into the season, which is one of the worst teams in the NFL. What it, what's hurt Arizona's offense in recent weeks is losing running back James Conner to injury. He, they just don't have a replacement for him. He rushed for over 200 yards in the two games against the Giants and Cowboys, averaged 5.4 per carry on the season. Their running game is almost non-existent without him putting too much pressure on Josh Jobs to make plays with his arm, making their offense a lot more predictable. Um, As of today, um, there's a 75% chance of rain in Seattle. The team that runs the football more effectively here is going to have a huge advantage. We saw the Rams, what the Rams did against the Cardinals on the ground last week. Arizona allows 133 rushing yards per game, 4.5 per carry. Seattle's been elite against the run, allowing 79 rushing yards per game. 3.2 3.2 per carry. They rank first in the NFL and EPA and against the rush. Um, so, I mean, Arizona's going to be one-dimensional again against this Seattle defense. It's just not good for them. Offensively, the Seahawks just got their entire starting offensive line healthy coming out of the bye for the first time this season. They should have more chemistry this week. Uh, Seattle's owned Arizona going 3-0, straight up 3-0 against the spread the last three meetings. All three wins coming by eight points or more, including two of those on the road. I expect them to make it four in a row here. Pete Carroll, fifty-three and twenty-seven against the spread against bad defensive teams that allow three hundred fifty-four, three hundred fifty or more yards per game, as Seattle's head coach. So, uh, one of the rare times I'm going to take a favorite over over a touchdown, but I like Seattle minus seven and a half quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I can see why you like this one. I'm not on either side here. I, I think the seven and a half is a little too much for me to lay um, in a division game. I just haven't had a great feel for this Arizona teams when I think they're gonna lose they win and when they're gonna you know be better and you know maybe cover they don't I mean I've only played against them once that was against the Giants back in week two but I just have not had a good feel for them so I've had a lot of success just staying away from them so that's probably what I'll do here
1: yeah uh it's definitely I mean it's more than what the Rams were last week so I can see it um it's definitely getting a little pricey, but I just love the spot for Seattle. They're not going to overlook them like some teams would, you know, just coming right. off the way they lost that game to the Bengals. And uh, I just think they're going to put their foot down for four quarters here. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's a 7 at Circa as I'm looking at the screen right now, but I'm not going to get I, – I gave it at 7.5 because I see – there's still some 8s up too, but I, I like it at 7.5. I mean, obviously, if, if you guys can find a 7 out there, find it. Um, because yeah. it is a key number but alright let's go uh, let's move on to the teasers we're 19-10-1 our last 30 NFL teasers what's your favorite NFL teaser for week 7 alright I'm going
0: to do a 3 team 10 point teaser this week I'm going to take the Chargers from plus 5.5 to plus 15.5 at Kansas City Giants plus 2.5 to plus 12 at home against the Commanders and then I'm going to take the Bills minus 8.5 to plus 1.5 at the Patriots, um, I, I, the Chargers, I think are, have got to be the, maybe the best, um, 10 point teas out there this week. I, uh, they, they always play Kansas city close. They're going to be a pissed off after how they kind of let one get away against the Cowboys. Um, chiefs should win, but Chargers will do what they do, play a close game and find a way to lose late. Um, <laughs> The Giants, it's not a great 12-and-a-half, but I, I just really like getting them over double digits against Washington. Uh, you know, I kind of mentioned it earlier. The Commanders had a very misleading win against Atlanta. I still think they have a very, very bad defense. And I, I liked what I saw out of the Giants in their game against uh, Buffalo on Sunday night. I, I really thought they showed me something. The, I think the offense looked better, um, and the defense... You know, I, I think they, get, they got the guys inside to, you know, wreak havoc, and they, I think they'll do that in this game. And then Buffalo, eight and a half is way too much, I think, to lay on the road in division game, as bad as New England is. I, I mean, the Patriots have not looked good at all, but there's just something sneaky about this one. I mean, we saw the Bills lose at the Jets in week one, so... I, I think new england will figure out some way somehow to keep that one closer than expected but i think buffalo wins the game so that's why i want Threw that one in all
1: right i was close to making the Chargers a premium i was close to using the giants in a teaser so i like both of those the bills crossing zero don't love but uh i mean they got so many injuries too but the patriots are such a hot mess um i want nothing to do with that game but i'm gonna I'm okay with that one. The Bills should win, uh, but no result in that game would surprise me. Um, going with a six-point teaser on the Seahawks, minus one-and-a-half. Colts, plus eight-and-a-half. Using my free pick on the Seahawks. Seven-and-a-half down to one-and-a-half <coughs> at home against the Cardinals. I've stated in my analysis, the premium clients that I love the Seahawks and teasers more than anything this week, so trying to get as much money down on, on them as I can. Um, in any way possible and it's one of the best teaser lines of the season i think i'm going to uh going back to the well with the colts teasing them from two and a half up to eight and a half at home against the browns just think it's a big letdown spot for the browns off the home win over the 49ers last week and a bounce back spot for the colts off their misleading loss to the Jaguars. so kind of buying low on the colts selling high on the browns here in a game that i think will be a defensive battle that'll go down to the wire
0: yeah i like this one quite a bit i i, I mean i can real, i get on board with seattle at minus you know one and a half uh, that's a, a much more tempting bet for me and then i'm with you on you know kind of fading cleveland here on the road still no deshaun watson off a of massive win where some injuries helped so yeah i, I like
1: that Always scary going against that Browns defense. It's good, it's good.
0: I, it's it's a letdown spot for sure,
1: for sure. And the Colts got to get to establish the run early in that one. We can't have Minshew back there throwing it fifty-five times again. Yeah. Um. All right. What's your uh three pick? Can you recap your three picks for the listeners, please? Yeah. Uh, I had Ohio State minus four, Packers minus one,
0: and then a three-team ten-point teaser. We got the Chargers plus fifteen and a half, Giants plus twelve and a half, Bills plus a half.
1: All right, winner, winner, winner! One I'm gonna <laughs> winner, winner, winner. I'm gonna go with uh, Eastern Michigan, Northern Illinois under forty-five and a half, Seahawks 6 a half, six-point teaser, Seahawks minus one and a half, Colts plus eight and a half. Um, Brandon, where can the listeners find you on Twitter? At Beale Sports Picks. All right, you can find me on Twitter, at BetFirmsJack. Sign up for a premium package from both of us at sportscapping.com or betfirm.com. NBA season right around the corner, guys. So uh, get, get our NBA season passes. Um, we'll be back with six more free picks next week. Uh, until then, cash some tickets. Good luck with all your bets this week.
0: Thanks for listening to the sportscapping.com podcast. For more free picks and predictions, be sure to visit us at sportscapping.com.